You're listening to the Unheld in News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths. Each week, we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media, and we analyze these events. Just as in Jesus' day, Pharisees still walk the earth. Among them today are the celebrity Christians who support wars in the Middle East to protect Israel. In our Pharisee Watch portion of the program, we feature stories about the unchristlike acts of these modern-day Pharisees. Our programs are led by Charles E. Carlson, the founder of We Hold These Truths, and author and editor of the Pharisee Watch, and unheralded news features on our website, whtt.org. Joining Chuck are four other founders of We Hold These Truths. Travis Steele is the owner of Steele Engineering. Mark Horton is the president of Ultra Clean Corporation. Chuck McCollum is the owner of Oakshade Development. And Tom Compton is a retired sales engineer and your announcer. Our reader is We Hold These Truths faithful volunteer and dramatist Leslie Ford. Welcome to our podcast. In today's podcast for Pharisee Watch and Unheralded News, we have some follow-up from last week's program. We talked about the peasants were revolting here and abroad in that program about the Occupy Wall Street campaign that's going around the country here. And when we did it, actually it was just unfolding, even though it had been going on for several weeks. It had not been played much by the media. And after we talked, there came a piece from John Stewart of The Daily Show. This is a Comedy Central. It's a TV network, I guess, and you can get it on the Internet. But interestingly, I've been told that a lot of Americans get news from a comedy station. And you might ask, well, what value is that? And my reply is, a lot, because they do actually report actual news items, and, of course, they put their spin on these items, oftentimes very hilarious, actually. And the point of the piece by John Stewart on Occupy Wall Street was that, according to him, the media has two ways of reporting. He had a dial with two locations, blackout and circus. So up until the time that they turned it into a circus, they basically had ignored it, just like we reported last week. But with the numbers growing, you can't hardly ignore it. So the spin that the the media has put on, of course, is that these people are all out of the left and they're wackos and so forth. And as we described last week, certainly a lot of them don't have a total understanding of what's going on, but they know there's something going on that's wrong Many of them know there's something wrong with the banks and the bailouts by our government to the banks and so forth. So as a follow-up, we're going to read a report here from Chuck Carlson entitled, A Street Challenge at Churches that Support Zionism. Now this is a paper that goes along with our upcoming vigil in Colorado at a John Hagee event. Leslie, would you read this for us, please? Sure. Entrenched power groups are conniving to control the explosion of peaceful demonstrations for peace and justice. The Tea Party was started in the streets, demonstrating against Congress, but sadly, 
it has now been commandeered by the mainline Republican Party. And, quote, Arab Spring, unquote, has brought a start and a hope for needed change where all else has failed. In Libya, the revolution has been bought with weapons by nations, including our own, seeking its oil. Quote, Occupy Wall Street, unquote, is turning the spotlight on the injustice of government's egregious support of Fortune 500 businesses and their lackey news media who ignore the abuse caused by unlimited money printing to save bankers worldwide from the consequence of their own greed. Themes like, quote, end the Federal Reserve, unquote, are finally being discussed by ordinary working people in the street. But power groups have natural designs to capture and use every one of these movements. Their effort to subvert good causes attests to the import of grassroots demonstrations in the quest for peace. Sadly, powerful interests for war have also captured a large slice of Christianity known as evangelicalism or, quote, Christian Zionism, unquote. This author is a co-founder of Project Straitgate before Iraq or Afghanistan. It may be the first demonstration group to target certain American churches for their role in imprisoning the Palestinian people and supporting wars. These churches are captives for war on demand, demand by our government or demand by Israel's leaders. But the people in the churches can change. In several cities, including Phoenix, Los Angeles, and Denver, Muslims have courageously joined and aided in our movement. Pastor George Morrison, founder of Megachurch Faith Bible Chapel of Arvada, Colorado, and a member of the Board of Directors of John Hagee's Christians United for Israel, received a letter from us two weeks before his church is to be picketed, part of which follows. Dear Pastor George Morrison, Project Straitgate has organized peace vigils on public right-of-ways outside many churches around the country. Picketers visited Faith Chapel several years ago, and we are again planning to visit your church on October 16, 2011, for your annual Israel Awareness Day, where John Hagee is your announced guest speaker. Our prayer is that you will examine your own position and make a Christ-like commitment in regard to the continued American slaughter in the Middle East and the Israeli occupation of Palestine. We trust that you are concerned about the destruction of human life, but your guest for this program, John Hagee, is not. Israel's abuse of human life, both to its own unborn and its neighbors' lives, the Palestinians, is no secret. Anti-war demonstrations have turned to demonstrations for independence all over the world. Evangelical churches like yours and your members should be, but are not, the most peace-seeking persons on the globe. They cannot be peacemakers because of your support for Israel, a nation at war with its neighbors for all of its existence, 
and the only country in the world that is openly imprisoning an entire population at gunpoint. If you deny this fact, you have not visited Gaza, as has this writer. A nationwide movement, Project Straight Gate, has initiated silent vigils at American churches with a message of peace and brotherly love, as taught by Jesus in a similar time of occupation and violence. Jesus calls the leaders of his church to be, quote, peacemakers, unquote. Churches like yours cannot be a peacemaker church if you support the occupation of the Palestinian people and wars that kill civilians in other countries. We have learned that Christian Zionism is a distorted departure from Christianity. Your association with self-proclaimed Zionist John Hagee labels Faith Bible Chapel as infected with Christian Zionism. That is why we have chosen your church for our Sunday, October 16th vigil. Literally, thousands of churches need to receive this message and be picketed for peace. Project Straightgate helps others set up groups to challenge the Zionist Christian church in their neighborhoods. A report on this vigil and those who join it will follow. Great, thank you. That was excellent, Chuck. And it really goes in well with the your analysis with the Occupy Wall Street uh, is excellent and these other movements because they are being co-opted. And like you said, one of the methods to discredit these is to resort to name-calling, like calling the Occupy Wall Street is a bunch of left-wing socialists, and I haven't heard the word communist, but they might as well say that. So making it a distasteful bite in people's mouths, if you will. And one of the things that we need to do, and we are doing at We Hold These Truths, is to reach out to other people that may not be in total agreement with them, but we can find common issues. And, for example... Our friends, our new friends, I should say, at Jewish Voice for Peace will be joining our vigil in Denver as a co-sponsor along with Sabil, which is a group of for Palestinian Christians. And yes, there are Christians in Palestine. Many evangelical Christian Zionists don't believe it or they want to dismiss it altogether that there are Christians or they'll even say that they shouldn't be there. They should leave because God gave them the land. This organization, Jewish Voice for Peace, is one of the growing members of the Jewish community that are questioning the policies in Israel. And a good piece that we're going to talk a little bit about tonight in, at their website, jewishvoiceforpeace.org, is entitled Israeli-Palestinian Conflict 101. Now, we're not going to read this whole piece here, but just some highlights. It's kind of in a question and answer form. And the first question is, what is the Palestinian-Israeli conflict really about? Answer, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is, in essence, a conflict over territory. Although religion plays a role in defining the identities of the parties to the conflict, and for some Jews in justifying their claims to the land, the conflict is not fundamentally a religious conflict. Question, what exactly oh, me, is the occupation? 
Yeah, certainly. Uh, let me interject something. Now, we totally agree that comment on what is the conflict all about, land is right. However, I should mention that Christian Zionists, to Christian Zionists, the issue is absolutely a religious issue. So they would disagree entirely with the anti-Zionist Jews who have written this story because Christian, of course, the whole idea of Christian Zionism is goes back to using the Old Testament to justify the idea that the physical state of Israel is entitled to the land today. And so, yes, it's not a religious issue for either the Jews or the Palestinians. They think about only the land, but it absolutely is a religious issue for the some 40 to 70 million Christian Zionists in America, which is, of course... However, Chuck, it is... It's based on their belief that the physical land of Israel they occupy. So it is. it gets back, even though it is religious, like you said, it gets back to the fact that they're claiming this bit of land for Israel. So it, the land is, is important as opposed to what Jesus gave us, a spiritual kingdom, when he came. And so, yeah, uh, it is religious from that standpoint, but... They're it, they're fighting about the fact that Israel should have this land, so there's a similarity there. <laughs> right. All right. Sorry, I didn't want to. I just wanted to interject that because that is the difference between Christian Zionists and Zionists. To the Zionists, uh, it really isn't religion. They just pretend it's religion. But to the Christian Zionists, yes. it definitely is. Okay. Now the next point. I'm not going. I'm just going to read one paragraph from here. Okay. What exactly is the occupation? Quote unquote. Occupation means the Israeli military has total authority over every aspect of Palestinian life. In addition, Israel has settled hundreds of thousands of its own citizens in these lands in defiance of international law. And then they refer to a settlement issue by a Jewish Voice for Peace there. And then they close this particular question with, for further information, watch the video, Occupation 101 which everyone that has an interest in the Mideast should see that, along with our Tragedy and Turning, the movie about Christian Zionism. But the Occupation 101 gives a lot of history prior to the Jews taking over in 1948. It interviews primarily Jewish scholars, so it's, it's, uh, it's a very well-done and highly documented piece. Next question is, are Palestinian and Jewish citizens of Israel treated equally? Answer, no. Although Palestinian citizens of Israel are entitled to vote and participate in Israeli political life, and several Palestinians are members of the Knesset, the Israeli parliament, they do not receive the same treatment as the Jewish citizens at the hands of the government. Israel still applies 20 laws that privilege Jews over Arabs, for example, the 1950 Law of Return grants automatic citizenship rights to Jews from anywhere in the world upon request while denying that same right to Palestinians. The basic law of human dignity and freedom ensures that Israel is the state of the, quote, Jewish people, unquote, not its citizens. The law was passed in 1992 to serve as a Bill of Rights, unquote. 
as Israel does not have a written constitution. Well, that's kind of interesting. I didn't didn't know that. Uh, I'd Any like to comments? remind people that uh, this this is all written by a Jewish organization, so it's quite remarkable in its accuracy. And we're used to seeing Jewish Jewish organizations that are Zionist organizations tell us exactly the opposite of these things. But they are very strong, and they are, you know, the voices out there are very strong. We're going to be fortunate to have Jeff Halper from the Israeli Committee for Housing Demolition. It's going to be here in Phoenix in a few weeks. And, you know, people like Norman Finkelstein, there's just a whole number of Jewish people that are very, very adamant and outspoken. Now, certainly they're still in the minority, but we see more, just like the professor friend of Chuck that started the Jewish Voice for Peace group in Denver that's going to be co-sponsoring our vigil at this church that we just read about. Okay, the next one question. Did the PLO, that's Palestine Liberation Organization, reject a quote-unquote generous offer for peace at Camp David in 2000? Answer, no. In fact, there was no Israeli offer at all in the sense of a comprehensive plan to resolve all outstanding differences between the parties. To the extent that Israeli positions on discrete issues could be discerned, they were not, quote-unquote, generous. Finally, while Palestinian negotiators did not agree to Israelis' demands, they did not, quote-unquote, reject them, but sought to continue negotiations and offer solutions based on long-accepted principles of international law and justice. That's true. This is the the big issue. The Israelis constantly are saying, well, we tried to settle with them in 2000, and uh, Christians often tell us this, that Christians are, Christians in Christian Zionist churches are brainwashed with these exact questions. And one of the, the, the things that they'll always pop up with is, well, Israel tried to settle this in 2000, 11 years ago, and the, the Palestinians turned it down. Okay, the next question is, what is an intifada? Answer, intifada is an Arabic word derived from a verb meaning to, quote, shake off, and is the term used to describe the two major uprisings against Israeli military occupation of the West Bank and Gaza Strip. Next question, haven't Jews and Arabs been fighting for thousands of years? Is there really an answer? And we get this, too, from all our Christian Zionists, that they can't have peace there because they're always fighting. Now, here's what Jewish Voice for Peace says. Answer, in fact, Jews and Arabs have been fighting for only about a century. While Jews were facing repeated expulsion and persecution in Europe, Jews in the Muslim world, though still facing some problems, were faring much better. Jews, as people of the book, under Islamic law, were entitled to legal protections and certain rights. To be sure, they were not the equals of Muslims, and there were incidents of anti-Semitism in many parts of the Muslim and Arab world through the centuries, some of them serious. But both the severity and the frequency of these were far lower than in Europe. Question, what do Palestinians seek? Answer, Palestinians, depending on where they live, face different challenges and thus have different concerns. However, what they all have in common is a basic desire for freedom and equal rights. Here's uh, another question. What is Israel's separation wall or barrier? Answer. In October 2003, Israel began construction on a, quote, separation barrier, unquote, in the occupied West Bank, justifying it on security grounds. 
The barrier consists in places of a wall 25 feet high, razor wire, trenches, sniper towers, electrified fences, military roads, electronic surveillance, and buffer zones sometimes reach 100 meters in width. Much of the wall will be built on lands confiscated from Palestinian landowners within the West Bank, not within Israel's own territory. Many Palestinian homes, businesses, orchards, and other valuable assets in the root of the wall have been destroyed. Can I read the rest of that? Okay, sure, go ahead. The wall has been challenged repeatedly before the Israeli High Court, which has several times ordered the military to reroute specific sections of the wall, although the court has held that the wall built on Palestinian lands does not, in principle, violate international law. However, the wall must be militarily justified and conform to the principle of, quote, proportionality, unquote, that is, that the burdens imposed on civilians are proportional to the security benefits achieved through the military's action. The wall was also subject of a case before the International Court of Justice. The ICJ ruling announced in July 2004 held that the wall is illegal, must be dismantled, and ordered Israel to compensate Palestinians damaged by the wall's construction. It also called upon the third-party states to ensure Israel's compliance with the judgment. Although an advisory opinion and therefore not binding on the parties, the ICJ judgment is an authoritative statement of the status of the wall in international law. In the course of the opinion, all 15 judges of the court found Israeli settlements in the occupied territories, including East Jerusalem, to violate international law. The wall has become the focus of weekly protests across the West Bank over the last five years. Led by Palestinians, these protests have used nonviolent techniques like sit-ins and roadblocks and have drawn increasing support from Israelis and internationals. Now, as a side to this from the Jewish Voice for Peace, there is an excellent movie. I just got to see it. It was made in 2009. It's called Budras. It's about a very small village in the West Bank that was going to have a, a wall built through it. And the wall was still built, but through 53 peaceful demonstrations with the help of Israeli activists, they were able to get it rerouted more closer to the green line, that line, the 1967 line that defined the the area of, of Palestine separating from Israel. And, of course, we know that's been violated with all the settlements in the ensuing years. But it's a very inspiring movie about this technique of nonviolence and uh, these protests that went on 53 times. Now, the, the last item here of questions in this Israeli-Palestinian Conflict 101, as provided by Jewish Voice for Peace, question is, what happened during Israel's 2008 invasion of Gaza? According to the Goldstone Report, and corroborated by Israeli and international human rights groups, Israel Defense Force and Palestinian armed groups had committed war crimes and possibly crimes against humanity. 
While the report condemned violations by both sides, it clearly differentiated between the moral and legal severity of the violations of the Israeli forces compared to those of Hamas and other less culpable Palestinian armed groups. Quote, the following grave breaches of the Fourth Geneva Convention were committed by Israeli forces in Gaza, willful killing, torture, or inhumane treatment, willfully causing great suffering or serious injury to body or health, and extensive destruction of property not justified by military necessity and carried out unlawfully and wantonly. As grave breaches, these acts give rise to individual criminal responsibility, unquote. Wow, that was very powerful, and we certainly agree with what the Jewish Voice for Peace are doing, and we tip our collective hats here off to them, and we wish Chuck and his team in Denver the best of luck on their vigil, and it sounds like it's going to be really a great one. And yes, we do mm. expect it to be very good, and it is also somewhat unique in that uh, we are actually going to be pretty close to the people that are uh, going to this meeting and also pretty close to a big Israeli demonstration they conduct on the atrium of the church, which is right outside in front of us, and we can be, we can be very close to it and uh, have a good contact. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast, and please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.